0: Dear brothers and sisters, happy 4th of July to all of you. The readings uh, of uh, today reveal uh, the drama of freedom and the dire consequences of the human rejection of God. In the first reading, we read about the prophet Ezekiel. He was one of the Jewish priests when uh, 600 years before Christ, when he was about 25 years old, he was made prisoner by the Babylonians, deported to Babylonian, along with all the leaders of the Jewish people. In the fifth year of his captivity at about 30 years old, he received his call as a prophet. Today we read one of the series of these visions and messages given to him from God. Son of man, I'm sending you to the Israelite rebels who have rebelled against me. The people of Israel curse against God for the destruction of Jerusalem, of its temple, and for their deportation. God wants them to come to their senses first and perceive what is true. It's not him the cause of such evil, but it's them. They are the ones who reject their God and the prosperity that comes from a life in him. They are the ones whom misused used their freedom and now pay those consequences. In the gospel, this line continues with, um, we see that the rebellion against God is manifested against Christ. He's in Nazareth. His fellow citizens refuse to acknowledge Christ's power just because they know, or better they seem to know whose child or whose cousin is. They rightly question how the Messiah could come from Nazareth in a disagreement with all the prophecies. Yet the wrong is that they get stuck into the contradiction instead of simply asking like his disciples did. They dismiss the evidence of the miracles he performed just because they find refuge in that contradiction. The tragic outcome of this impenetrable resistance against God is that Mark records, Christ was unable to perform any mighty deed there. It's a tragic outcome because ironically, that freedom was given to open up to the salvation of God and not to resist against it. We as children of Adam and Eve are always, always liable to misuse our freedom as the people of Israel did, or as the people of Nazareth did. Being aware of this liability is the first liberation because we can turn them to God. In this uh, 4th of July, the whole nation celebrates the anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. This national celebration brings us to reflect again on what true freedom is. The Founding Fathers, this nation had clear in mind that the foundation of this country was the personal relationship with God. For them, freedom meant to allow the exercise of religion, because there is no freedom without free men and women, and men and women are free as long as they bind themselves to the sole source of freedom, God. Consider for a moment George Mason's draft of Article 16 of Virginia's 1776 Declaration of Rights that will become eventually the basis for the Bill of Rights. He writes, that as religion, or the duty which we owe to our divine and omnipotent creator and the manner of discharging it can be governed only by reason and conviction, not by force or violence. And therefore that all men should enjoy the fullest toleration in the exercise of religion, unpunished and unrestrained by the magistrate. George Masons refers to religion as a duty which we owe to our creator. A duty because the free human is still a creature provided with being. Even his freedom is created, although it's not determined by necessity. Freedom is inherently called to respond to God, to welcome and embrace the good, the right, the just, that God has established and determined. And we cannot determine it ourselves. It seems a compromised freedom, but it is not. Because if that condition to link ourselves to God is accepted, truly, truly, there are no limits to freedom, to the infinite joy, love, peace, and prosperity that God grants to us. Eventually, George Mason's draft language was amended because it became the when it became the basis, the basis for other states' constitution, Bill of Rights. Where was changing? The word toleration. It was too weak because to tolerate freedom of religion. Entailed that freedom of religion would be a privilege granted by the state, while it's instead an inner duty, a natural duty, a right imprinted in man that comes before the birth of the state is not granted by Caesar. Today, instead, we live in a different era in which political progresses are mounting a powerful assault on religious freedom and a powerful assault on the natural law inscribed by God in the human being. Therefore, as Christians, we are given major responsibility. First, the first responsibility is that we live our freedom as true freedom, bound to God, our creator, our savior. Paul Claudel, the French Christian poet of the past century, wrote that a Christian is, I quote, a man who knows what he's doing and where he's going. In a world that no longer knows the difference between good and evil, between yes and no. He is like a God standing out in a crowd of invalids. He alone has liberty in a world of slaves. He was writing this at the beginning of the century where First World War broke out. It seems we are in a easier, different conditions, and yet how those words apply in a world of enslaved, where the words don't mean nothing anymore. In our families, in our schools, in our community, we can live this true freedom. As citizens of heaven vested in Christ, we can live freely and so build free spaces. We acknowledging Christ as the Alpha and the Omega, as the Logos, as the way, the truth, and the life, as the beginning and end of all our thoughts, words, an action, we can be truly free men and women that God designed us to be. Second line of responsibility we have, to be prophets. As Ezekiel Ezekiel was called to warn his fellow brothers and sisters with warning against the wolves dressed as sheep and pressing them to return to God, the true shepherd, we are called to be prophet of our times, with our silence, with our words, fearless, capable, even with the right of politics that is given to us to detect what is right and just according to the millennial teaching of the church and the anthropology that Christ determined. And in this prophecy, Be driven by the law for the divine call that any human being has while lives here on earth. We can fulfill these two tasks if, as we sang in the psalm, we have our eyes fixed on the Lord. May our blessed mother, queen conceived without original sin, patron of this beautiful country, intercede for us for all the people of goodwill who live, who live here and want to build it.